0: I want to tell you a true story, very recent story, about a man named James Harrison. James Harrison's an Australian. And uh, James Harrison, when he was 14 years old, around 1951, had to have uh, his chest opened up and they removed the lung. And he had to receive 13 units of blood when he finally came to, his dad had explained to him that... Many people generously donated their blood so that he could live. How many of you know blood saves lives? Absolutely. And so this young man was so impressed that at the age of 18, he, he had decided at 13 that when he reaches 18, he wanted to be a blood donor. Had to be 18 in Australia to donate blood. And so he started donating his blood. Well, there's a disease that affects unborn children, And uh, if they survive, uh, it affects them and leaves them somewhat brain damaged after birth. It's roost disease. And uh, while James Harrison was donating blood, they found that um, while thousands, it says here, thousands of babies in Australia were dying every year due to roost disease, others suffered permanent brain damage. Well, James Harrison's blood had a rare life-saving antibody. They don't know how it came about. Maybe it was somehow the combination of all the different blood donors. But this man had a very, very rare life-saving antibody in his blood. And when he found that out, they, they actually use his blood to create a vaccine, and every vaccine that is created has to be made from his blood. He has donated blood well over a thousand times. He is now 81, and he can't donate blood anymore, but according to all the news articles I read, he has saved 2.4 million unborn babies. One of the mothers that he helped is Joy Barnes, and she worked at the Red Cross blood bank in Sydney, and she miscarried at four months, and she miscarried again at five months before having any treatment, and then she received the blood transfusion of uh, this um that came from uh, James Harrison, and she was able to give birth to a healthy, healthy little baby. And she says, you know, without him, I would never have had this child. There is power in blood. There is power in blood. Even in human blood, there is power. The Bible says the life is in the blood. Your life will expire if an artery is severed and all of your blood just drains out to the floor. Your life will expire. Everything about you that creates humor, everything about you that creates memories, everything about you that is so unique flows out of existence as that blood is dispersed and it leaves your body. But when we donate blood, it can save lives. There is power in human blood. Blood has the ability to speak while you and I don't hear it. One of the first mentions of blood in the Bible is in the book of Genesis. And in Genesis chapter 4 verse 10, there were two brothers, Cain and Abel. And uh, Cain was very envious of his brother Abel. And God was blessing Abel because he had a right heart. And Cain, well, God wasn't blessing him because his heart was wrong. It's so easy to point a finger at our circumstances. It's so easy to make our uh, environment the reason why we are the way we are. But God expects each and every one of us to take accountability. And if we trust him, he can change us enough that it changes our environment. And so, here was Cain with a very poor attitude, and he'd bring offerings to God, and the Bible made it clear that God didn't look with favor on his offerings, but on Abel, God was very pleased because he had a a right attitude in his heart. It's not what you do, it's how you do it. The motive. That is in your life. And so Cain takes his brother out to the field and the Bible says he slayed him. It was the very first murder. And Abel's blood just poured out and soaked out into the ground. And in verse, four, verse 10 of chapter 4, God says, The Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. You and I don't hear blood speak. But according to God, blood speaks. And he hears the cry of blood. He hears the cry of injustice. He hears the cry of guilt and condemnation. And the blood of Abel was crying to the heavens for justice and condemnation on his brother. But I want to tell you something today. I think, you know... There are so many things we can do wrong, but it doesn't matter what we do wrong. Every sin is equal in God's eyes, and sin will separate us from God. But in Hebrews chapter 12, verse fourteen, uh, verse 24, it says, But you have come to Mount Zion. You've come to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You've come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. Stop. You realize we're worshiping here and there might be a couple of hundred of us, but we are surrounded by thousands of angels. Thousands upon thousands of angels came down and worshiped with us today. We may not hear blood speak. We may not see angels sing. But the spirit world is very real. It goes on to say, You have come to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. That's you. You are the church of the firstborn. What does that mean? Jesus Christ, the firstborn. After the first Adam, he became the last Adam. And we are born in a Christ. And so we're born again. We are firstborn. You know that not one person can be born again and be a secondborn in God's family. Every one of you that get born again, you're the first child. You're the firstborn. And with the firstborn comes blessings and rights. And so the Bible says you have come to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. If your names are written in heaven, give me a wave, give me a shout. Come on, put your hands together, clap. Amen. He's talking about us. He says, you have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. Verse 24, here we go. You've come to Jesus Christ, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. God said to Cain, your brother's blood is crying out to me. Can you hear it? God said. Blood speaks. We have become so dull in spiritual hearing, we don't hear it. The thought of blood speaking is comical to us, but yet we'll flip the TV channels over until we come to the dog whisperer. And we'll believe the guy can talk to dogs and horses and everything else, and maybe he can But before I believe that, and I'm not saying it's not true, I'm going to believe the Word of God. Blood speaks. And God's saying to Cain, "Your your brother's blood is crying out for justice. Your brother's blood is crying out from the ground. And then comes Jesus, God in the flesh, and He sheds His blood. And God makes this statement, You have come to Jesus Christ, the mediator of a better covenant. He has opened up a new way of living and his blood speaks louder than the blood of Abel. The blood of Abel cries out for judgment. It cries out for justice. And every one of our sins and everything we've ever done wrong cries out in the heavens. And our wrong actions and our wrong deeds, whether it's the spilling of blood or not, it cries out. It's a record that speaks in the heavens. But I thank God that when Jesus was on the cross and he said, it is finished, the blood. That he shed cries out in heaven and it cries out mercy, it cries out forgiveness, it cries out grace, it cries out God, save them. And irrespective of the things that we may have done wrong, the blood of Jesus speaks louder than our testimony of mistakes. Every one of us has a testimony of mistakes. Every one of us has a book of things that we've done wrong, if nowhere else, at least in our memory. But do you know that the blood of Jesus speaks louder Than the echo of failure in your head. The blood of Jesus speaks louder than the condemnation that comes from the belly of hell. Did you know that all those voices that scream inside of you that tell you you're ugly, you're a failure, you're no good, you're a waste of time? The blood of Jesus speaks louder. God doesn't hear what you hear. God hears what the blood of Jesus says, and God hears the blood of Jesus saying, They're worth it, they're worth it, they're worth it, they're worth it, they're worth it. Amen! Thank God for blood that speaks. This Easter, as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, friends, I am so glad that my mistakes have been drowned out by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 It says in Hebrews chapter 9, How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself unblemished to God, He's able to cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death, so that we might serve the living God. The blood of Jesus, how much more? The blood of James Harrison has saved 2.4 million unborn babies, but the blood of Jesus saves billions. Listen, the blood of Jesus paid the price for every mistake you've ever made. The blood of Jesus pays the price For every curse that has ever been spoken over your family or over your personal life. The blood of Jesus pays the price to redeem us from the torment of demons. And you all know what I'm talking about. We live in a very physical and natural world. But most of you have had supernatural encounters of the dark kind. You've experienced demons appearing or touching you or coming to you at night. You've experienced fear you've experienced rejection you've experienced the thief who comes to steal kill and destroy every one of us have had something broken in our lives something stolen from our lives every one of us have been victims and slaves of the kingdom of darkness who love to taunt the creation that was always meant to be in the image of god They love to spit on you. They love to slap you. They love to throw you down to the ground. They love to stand on you and they love to tell you that you're nothing and you're not worth it. David, the psalmist wrote, What is man that you are mindful of him, that even though you created him a little lower than angels, yet it was man that you have crowned with glory and with honor. Fallen demon angels look at humanity and they see what we don't see. You see, there are things that are heard in the spirit realm that we don't hear in the natural realm. There are things that are seen in the spirit realm that we don't see in the natural realm. And demons look at human beings and they look at them and see the potential of God's destiny on your shoulders and on your head. And they go out of their way because they are envious of the glory and the power that God destined for you. And so they steal, kill, and destroy. But this same Jesus who shed his blood came that we might have life and life more abundantly. If you believe it, stand and give the Lord a shout of praise. Yes, yes, yes. Praise be to God for Jesus Christ. Our Redeemer, our Savior. Amen. And take your seats. How much more then will the blood of Christ heal you? How much more will then will the blood of Christ save you? How much more then will the blood of Christ forgive you? How much more then will the blood of Christ break the chains of darkness off of you and set you free from the powers of hell? How much more then will the blood of Jesus clothe you and cover you and make you a son of God? How much more then will Will the blood of Jesus raise you up to heavenly places and give you the legal right to be seated there with him how much more than the blood of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. I heard that in stereo. (laughs) Praise God. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 to 8, in Him, in Christ, we have redemption through His blood in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavishes on us. I I resent the fact that for so many years in my religious upbringing, I had such a, a meager image of God, such a, a stingy in, image of God. We had to beg. We had to hope He wasn't angry. And God's not like that at all. In 10,000 scriptures, God reveals He's not like that. And this is but one. In Christ, through We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance to the riches of God's grace. Not in accordance to how well you get your act together. Not in accordance with whether or not you deserve it, but in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Listen. Everything is relative. One person will say, I have a lot of money. Another person will say, I don't have much money. And the guy who says, I don't have much money, has $5 million. And the guy who says he has a lot of money has $100,000. Everything is relative. When God says, by the riches of his grace, (laughs) let me show you how relative that is. He paves his streets in heaven with gold. And those are just the streets. According to the riches of his grace, he has lavished on us everything that the blood of Jesus breaks. Forgiveness, healing, deliverance, redemption, and the rights of sonship. The... Apostle John in his Gospel of John says to everyone who believes on him and receives him, he has given them the right to become sons of God. I love that. I love that. I love that. I am proud and happy to be the son of Alfonso Scarello and Mary Scarello. Alfonso has already gone to be with the Lord more than 20 years ago. And Mary Scarallo, well, she's 95 and aging well. I'm proud to be their parents. Flaws and blemishes in them and 10 times more in me. I'm proud to be their kid. I'm proud that they're my parents. But I want to tell you, I am absolutely flawed that God would make me a son and make us sons. We are sons of the Most High. We are risen up with Jesus. If today is Resurrection Sunday, Jesus did not rise to the heavens by himself. The Bible says he took us and we are seated with him in heavenly places. So while we celebrate his resurrection... He's celebrating our resurrection, amen. His victory over the kingdom of darkness. It's not even that he had a victory over death itself. No, we need to put things into context. We need to put things back into perspective. We're not celebrating that the same guy who could raise someone from the dead managed to raise himself from the dead. No, what we're actually celebrating is that this Paschal Lamb, the Son of God, entered into the belly of hell to face Face, mano a mano every demon that has ever and ever intended to hurt a human being and on his weakest day talk about a bad hair day on his weakest day this Christ goes into the very belly of hell and goes face to face with Satan himself surrounded by all of Satan's arch demons and on his worst day. Yeah, somebody said it for me in the back. Thank you, Manny. But <laughs> on his worst day, Jesus Christ single-handedly caused every one of them to bow down. You, you see, we say king of kings, many crowns are on his head. Why? Every demon he conquered had to surrender their crowns. And the demon of cancer, the demon of depression, the demon of rejection, the demon of misery, the demon of death. The demon of uh, self-loathing, every one of them. That demon of uh, of of hate. That demon that uh, harasses you. Every one of them had to bow their knee to Jesus, and He took their crowns. He is Lord of lords and King of kings because He has come to set the human race free. He has come to raise us up. He has come to restore us back to the image that God always intended us to be I am not a failure I am a son of God I am not a mistake looking looking to happen I am God's destiny unfolding on the earth hallelujah the Bible says Christ in you the hope of glory I'm not just forgiven you're not just forgiven We are transformed by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Would you all stand with me, and if the worship team would come forward right now. Thank you, worship team. You have in the seat in front of you the railing just beneath the seat. You'll see a little cup. If you've never done this before, just bend the tab slightly and you'll see as you pull at it, there's a little fine film that will pull back, allowing you to take hold of the wafer. And then if you take the larger tab, you can pull it back and it will give you access to the the juice that comes from the grapevine. Today we celebrate the blood that speaks better than all of your sins the blood that speaks louder than all of our mistakes the blood the blood that speaks louder than the taunts of satan i'm so glad that when the accuser of the brethren stands before god and he talks bad about me and sometimes he talks bad about me because he's got inside information I don't always do it right. But when he starts talking, the blood of Jesus gets louder in volume. The accuser of the brethren stands before God day and night. But if you have asked Jesus Christ into your heart, if you've asked him to be your Lord and Savior, while Satan can bring fact sheets about your life, the truth is the blood of Jesus drowns him out. And all God hears is forgiven, redeemed, saved by grace. Hallelujah. What a powerful, powerful thought. Jesus said, this is my body. Yes, it's just a wafer. Doesn't taste great, not like Italian bread. It's symbolic. This is symbolic. Remember My body that was broken for you. 39 lashes till they made his back a straw of bloody mess. But he said he did it because you were worth that. He did it because you were worth that. He did it because you guys are worth that. When you're on the, had to pull off the road because your heart was going crazy and you were just seconds away from dying. Jesus said, Dad, that's why I let them whip my back so that Jessica could live and her husband Chad could have his wife and kids. You're worth it. You're worth it. You're worth it. You're worth it. The blood of Jesus says you're worth it. And when we celebrate this Christ, as we celebrate Him and say He's worth it, the very emblems speak of His blood and body that says, We're worth it. We are in Christ, and Christ is in us. We celebrate Him, and He celebrates us. I ask you to take this wafer right now. and As you eat it, remember that Jesus paid a price for your redemption. No demon has the right over you. Listen, when you leave this place, even in a month's time, and the devil comes to you and he's knocking on your door, you say, Shut up! Get out of here. You don't belong at this address. You know, the, the night I was given the phone number and email address of the co-producer, I didn't even open up the email. It was sent to me that morning at about 3 a.m., 4 a.m. in the morning. A demon walked into my room. I was asleep. I felt fear coming up my legs. And I opened my eyes and my body was paralyzed. I've been there before. I knew what it was. It was a demon. And I started in my head, I couldn't even talk. I could only think, and I'm rebuking this demon. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And he left and movement and speech came back to me. And I was so angry. I said, how dare you touch a son of God? I cover myself with the blood of Jesus Christ. Before you touch me, you got to put your hands all over the blood of Jesus. I slept peacefully that night and every night since then. But I want you to understand that when the enemy comes knocking, you can either believe him with all of his lies. Yeah, I got cancer. Yeah, I'm going to die. Yeah, bad news. Or you can say No. You have no right coming to this address. There is blood, the blood of Jesus over my doorpost and there is blood of Jesus all over my body. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? Come on, give the Lord some shout. So let's take the bread and let's eat it in remembrance of our Savior. Let's take this blood that speaks a better word. Hey, listen, we're we're just symbolically drinking grape juice. But in reality, the blood of Christ is on you and in you. And everywhere you walk, the blood of Jesus speaks to God about who you are. I love it. I love it. I love it. For years in my head I heard condemnation, I heard rejection, I heard all these miserable thoughts. But now the blood of Jesus covers me and I understand everywhere I walk the blood of Jesus sings in the heavens over me and over you. Come, let's drink the blood that speaks a better word. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.